Praise God. You know, I took Braden to the doctor the other day. It was probably the first time in <laughs> years. <laughs> Sorry for those watching. I'm, I'm not real good at... We just don't run to the doctor unless there's, you know, a need. So, um, anyway, we just felt like we needed to take him in just to make sure that everything was developing correctly. I'll put it that way. Um, sometimes it's necessary to make sure, you know... He's 11 years old. He's a big guy. And we know he's developing. He's almost as tall as I am. But I just wanted to make sure, you know, that all the parts were working. And they took a little blood and had to dig for his vein. And <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, they said if we can't find his vein on the other side, they tried one side. And they used a butterfly. Uh, they couldn't find it on the other side. They were going to have to use a sonogram. And a sonogram is like $600 just for that little bit of time you would utilize it. So I, when they stuck that needle in that second arm, I was like, in the name of Jesus, they're going to find that vein. And she did, first, first stab. So praise the Lord. Anyway, I divert. But he, uh, it was interesting because uh, he hasn't been to the doctor a whole lot, so it was like an adventure for him. And I told him it was going to be like a science project because he's really into science. So I explained some of the things that were going to happen, and he was all about it. He thought it would be really cool. But my point here is that I wanted to make sure that he was developing correctly. It's important that we examine some things to make sure we're developing correctly, right? And, you know, we are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit man. We live in a body, and we have a soul or a mind, will, and emotions. That's our soulish realm. And a lot of times, uh, we all kinds of people, every, every person focuses more on uh, training the intellect and the mind um, and the body. We want to make sure we're physically fit, and I could go into great detail about that because I live with, uh, well, I have lived, but I do live with one who is a fanatic about working out, but my boys are, you guys know, and my daughter, they all, we all, when we first got married, we were, we've, we've been, you know, members of a gym ever since we started, so I think we kind of put it into our kids. I don't know. But we think it's important to be, you know, mindful of how you're taking care of your body and what you're putting into it. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And we're to take care of it. It's not ours. It's his. And so what we're putting in, what we're listening to, the eye gate, the ear gate, all those gates, we need to make sure what's coming in and what's coming out because it affects what comes out. And the Word says that what comes out of your Mouth is what defiles you, not what's going in. So it's important you're careful about what you're putting in. Anyways, um, I want to talk to you tonight about my title is, I didn't put it on the top. <laughs> Sorry. Do you have it? What to do when faith is weak and victory seems lost. How many have ever felt that way? Yeah. <laughs> I'll put my hand up. What to do when faith is weak and victory seems lost. I've just been before the Lord this week about some of these things, and he really, you know, this is actually a, a, I didn't come up with this title. This is actually a title of a book from one of my fathers of faith, Brother Hagen, uh, that had, he had a book on this, and um, none of my content is from the book, but maybe it is, I don't know. But um, I just was thinking about this title, what to do when victory, uh, when faith is weak and victory is lost. And the Holy Spirit started talking to me about spiritual development. 
And, you know, it's important that we're developing physically. It's important we're developing in our mentality. But it really is important who you are is a spirit. When you die, your body's going to be left in that box. Your mind is gone. It's dead. But your spirit man is still alive unto God, right? Hopefully unto God. And so we, we tend to develop the two, first two things, but not develop the spirit man a lot of times. Now, I know that's none of you guys. We're, I'm speaking to the choir because y'all are the ones that are here on a Wednesday, and I know you're developing your spirits, right? Amen. But spiritual growth or spiritual development is vital. And it really is not a suggestion. It's a command in the word. And we're going to talk about uh, spiritual growth. But first of all, I want to look at um, a couple things. Ephesians 4, 12 through 14. And this is in the Amplified. It says, his intention was perfecting and the full equipping of the saints that they should do the work of ministering toward building Christ's body. And he's talking about, you know, ministers building up the church until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the knowledge um, of the Son of God, that we might arrive at a really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. So my point in this scripture is, who is the measuring stick for our completeness, for our stature that we're reaching for? Jesus. He's the measuring stick, right? He's what we're reaching for. The whole WWJD, that was not an that was not some man's idea, that was Jesus' idea. <laughs> what would you do? What would Jesus do? Be like Jesus, right? And so, and I know that sounds very generic, but really, and we're going to talk about spiritual development when we are spiritually fully spiritually developing, we will act and do and be like Jesus at home with our spouses, with our children, with business people, with everyone around us. But it takes developing it. It is not an automatic thing unless you have developed it because you may have a reaction. You know, we've talked about this. We tend to react out of the flesh, but we respond by the Spirit. The response is a learned process and a choice that we make through time where we develop ourselves to respond instead of how many have ever reacted to something? Your kids make you mad, your husband or wife makes you mad. Yeah, I like you guys, you're like putting your arms way up. <laughs> and we react, right? We react. We all do. We could all put our hands up. We've all reacted at one time or another. Um, but a response is something that is thought out. It is uh, a mature and we just read about being mature because when we are fully developed in Christ, there's going to be a mature response. If anybody ever makes you mad or has done something to irritate you and uh, you decide, I'm going to respond, I'm going to, and you write something right away, maybe in a text or a phone call or whatever, and you know that you did not respond by the Spirit, you reacted out of the flesh. How many have ever had that happen? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I want to talk to you all about. You're in the right place at the right time. Amen? So verse six, uh, excuse me, 14 says, So then we may no longer be children. Well, I thought I wasn't a, children. I thought I was a child. I thought I was a mature adult. Well, it says 
we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. How many know there's a lot of doctrines of men going on right now in the world today? There's a lot of churches and people and and things all in the name of God and Jesus even that are not teaching the truth. And I heard that there was a church in North Austin last week that had AI teach their service. And I saw a statement that was made, and it was mixed with the truth and mixed with lies. Boy, you got to know what the truth says to know what's right, right? You got to have your spirit developed so you know what's right. Amen? So when, when we, most of y'all know our story with Braden, but when we received Braden, I won't go into it too much, but he was newborn. We brought him home from the hospital unexpectedly. To protect my own heart, I did not purchase anything because I didn't want to get too connected emotionally because we thought he was going to be adopted out. Um, and we ended up bringing him home. So on my way to the hospital, I picked up a seat. I picked up diapers. And then, of course, I had people just flood our doors with gifts and money and ministers and people that were like, you're doing the right thing, you know, and they just blessed us, blessed our socks off. One of my old nail clients I've kept up with through Facebook, she sent me a $1,000 check and said, I knew you were supposed to keep that baby. And I was like, so blessed. But anyway, when we received Braden, it was, you know, I was 47 years old and my, my youngest was 16. He was on his way out. We were on our way to empty nesters. Woohoo! And uh, I get this newborn all over again, and it's like, wow. But you know what? It was so cool to watch him develop. And, and when he was three weeks old, we have family in St. Louis. They wanted to give him a baby shower. And I took him on my own uh, for, for this baby shower, and I'm walking around with this newborn baby, and all these people in the airport are just staring at him. Do you stare at babies? We do, don't we? And I'm, I'm thinking in my, my head, like, oh, and they're all going, oh, oh, isn't he sweet? Oh, he's precious, you know, all these comments. And I'm thinking, why is it that we are so awestruck by a baby? Well, first of all, it's, it's, it's new life. It's God. It's like, this is God's creation. It's like amazing. And I, I cherish that time with him. He, he, was, he was such a beautiful little guy and just so sweet. And he brought so much, and he still does, he brought so much happiness to us and restoration from some of the journey that we've walked through with our son. And just, um, and he's come into full circle now, praise the Lord. But just so much that uh, meant so much to me with him. It just, uh, the little details of, you know, he had a little bit of a lisp when he would talk and he would talk like this. And it was, back then I thought it was cute. I thought it was sweet. Well, I have videos that pop up in my memories on Facebook. And one of them yesterday, he, he, would, he loved flowers, and he'd go up and go, smell, <laughs> smell, smell, except it was kind of through his nose, smell. And it was so cute then. But if he did that right now, I'd be like, yikes, we need to get him some help. <laughs> there were certain things that he did when he was newborn. Another thing he did, the way he lay in his mother's womb, 
was off to the side. So I don't know what it was, but when he was first born, and I even asked the doctor about it, remember this? He would lean, his head would lean to the, and he had a big old head, he still does. He would lean to the left side so much, and I asked the doctor, she said, oh, it's, it's, just, it's just how he, he developed, his neck developed that way because it was the way he lay in his mother's womb. It'll go away. When you, when you lay him down at night, lay him the other way and just, you know, she had me do some things. Thank God he's grown out of that. There are some things that have developed in his neck where he's able to stand tall. <laughs> he's able to be normal, right? And there's so many things I could go into great detail about all the things that he did, and I won't. I'll save you. You guys have, these guys have heard it. But, um, and, you know, I have Bradenisms because he says so many funny things uh, through the years that I, I've collected on Facebook and I've posted, and I have people that have followed. He has a following. And people have asked me, where are the Bradenisms? He makes me so happy. All those funny things. Well, through the years, he's sort of gotten away from saying those quirky things now it's, it's, it's a different level, right? He likes to tell jokes. He makes them up. But he's very, he's very much a deep thinker. He and Decker would be very dangerous together right now. Very much a deep thinker. He's always think, talking about eternal things. He tells me about dreams. He dreamed about devil, the devil one night, dreamed about angels one night, and, uh, and it, just all kinds of things. He's developed He's 11, but he's developed from when we first got him. Thank goodness, right? So my point in saying this, though, is if he would have stayed the way he was, and when I took him to the doctor and they said, oh, he's so cute. Look at that little lisp he has and how he talks. And, and uh, oh, it's cute. His neck kind of goes that way. It, you know, it, it would be a problem for me. I'd say there's something going on with this child that's not right. <laughs> there needs to be some development in this child. Hence the reason why I'm going here. There has to be development, spiritually speaking, in our lives for us to be able to handle adulthood, Christian adulthood. Because life comes with Christian adulthood issues. And if we stay babies, if we're just feeding on the milk of the word and we're staying immature, and we're whining and crying and carrying on about things all the time. We pretty much, babies are pretty much selfish, don't you think? <laughs> we think it's cute. But if my little Braden was whining and crying, and he does sometimes, and I let him have it, about or not have it, but I just correct him. I let him know, you know, you can't act like that. You can't live by blaming excuses. And, you know, he's always saying, uh, things about how I'm tough on him. I'm not tough on him. I just, I want him to grow up. I want him to be independent. I don't want him to be dependent on me. If, if I don't teach him some things, he's going to be dependent on me. As Christians, if we don't learn some things, if we don't develop spiritually, we're going to continually be dependent on other people for our growth, for our healing, for our financial provision, for our increase in any way spiritually. Now, I'm not coming against us being here. It's the order of heaven for us to be here, to, to be taught the word of God, to develop, to encourage one another. There's a corporate anointing here. It's important that we're under a good pastor that teaches the truth. Amen? But you got to go home and crack that book open yourself. I cannot do it for you. And God cannot make you do it. It has to be coming out of a place of hunger within your 
spirit man. Because what happens is if you don't develop that, and then someday Braden's going to grow up and be a man. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to be on his own. He's going to do his own thing. And if I hadn't, we hadn't taught him in the way he should go, he's not going to know what to do. There's going to be issues. It's kind of like Phil Robertson. He didn't learn some things. He had to kind of wander through life because his dad was on the oil field. His mom was crazy, and he was raising his three younger siblings. So he had to find his way, and he did an amazing job, but it, it kind of crashed in the end because he didn't understand who he was. He had an identity crisis. And the advantage that we have in having Christ on the inside of us is that we can understand who we are in him, what we have in him, what's been made available to us, that we have authority over the enemy. We can recognize who the enemy is. We can recognize that we can put the enemy under our feet, that he has no place in our life. We can recognize that there's power in the word. There's power in the blood of Jesus, that we have authority here on this earth, that we can live heaven on earth. We don't have to wait till we get on up there to heaven. Soon and very soon we'll be, well, I'm glad we'll be there, but let's, let's, Let's develop ourselves so we can experience some goodness here while we're here. And that goodness is going to overflow onto others because it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. So if there's no goodness coming out of our lives, then how are people going to even want Jesus? If we're just going from, from circumstance to circumstance to crises to crises, if we're walking around sad, angry, bitter, upset, frustrated, if we never know what's coming in the door, when we get here and we're just up one day and down one day and up one day and down one day, what are we following after? We're following our flesh, right? And so I'm here to tell you it's time for us to grow up. I'm speaking to the choir. I'm speaking to myself. Amen? Okay. So to have a developed mind and body but an underdeveloped spirit is a life off balance. It'll take our lives off course, and we will most likely not fulfill the plan of God. Did you hear what I said? If we develop our mind, and you know the world is so big, and I'm not against it, I'm not opposed to it, go get your education. Yes, you need an education. We can't be a bunch of dummies, you know? We got to have some intellect to be able to talk to people and to be able to function and to be purposeful in life and to, you know, do what God's called us to do, to earn our finances and those things. But if we develop our mind and we develop, and there's so much. If you get on Instagram, every other thing is about developing your body. Don't eat carbs. Yes, eat carbs. Don't eat protein. Yes, eat protein. Don't be a vegan. Be a whatever. It's like up and down, up and down, and, and everybody thinks they know everything about the body. If we're always just developing the mind and the body and we're not developing our spirit, then we are completely off balance because our spirit man is what's to be our guide, the Holy Ghost on the inside. And if we never develop ears to hear what he has to say for us, then we're going to be following after our flesh, right? So we need to grow up in Christ. You guys agree with me? Right. Okay, so 1 Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn babes, you should, everybody say you should, I should, I should crave, the word crave is thirst for, earnestly desire 
a pure, unadulterated spiritual milk, that by it you may be nurtured and grow unto salvation, complete salvation. So who knows what, your food, what the food for your spirit man is? What, what is food for your spirit? Where does it come from? Food for your spirit comes from feeding on the word, meditating, reading, but it comes not only from hearing it, but it comes from doing it. You can hear and hear and hear and hear all day long, but if you do not put any action to what you're hearing, then faith without works or action is. So what does that mean if faith without works is dead? We've heard that phrase so much. Let's break it down. What does that mean to you? Well, faith without any kind of action in my life, that means if I've heard about who I am in Christ, if I've heard what I can have through Christ, if I've heard about the provision that he's given me for healing, and I found out how to attain it, faith is the hand that gives it to me, then I need to act on it, right? Faith gives action to the power. There's there's an action that I have to take. There's power available, but I have to take a step towards it. I gotta, that's why a lot of times when we pray for people, I'll say, do what you couldn't do before. Act on it. Bend over. Jump up and down. Whatever it is. Go in the bathroom and look and see if it's still there. You have to put an action to what you're believing for, right? And if you're not, that word dead means there's no life. I know this is a real this is giving you a big epiphany right now. You're like, oh, faith, it's dead, dead, no act. Okay, life, no life. I know. But I'm, I'm trying to just make it really clear. If it's dead, there's no life. So faith without action, there's no life. Jesus came to give us life, life abundantly. And if we are allowing fear which is the opposite of faith. If fear is there, fear and faith do not coexist. So fear is inhibiting your ability to walk in faith and to access what God has provided for you. The just shall live by faith. So how do I build my faith? If I'm being challenged and my faith is weak and my victory seems to be lost, what do I need to do? Build my faith. How do we build our faith? This is simple, y'all. I'm not trying to be trick you. <laughs> get in the Word. Get in the Word. But don't just get in the Word. What do you need to do once you get in the Word? You got to act on it. Yes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. I don't think it's the only way it comes. I believe I get encouraged in my faith. It comes through uh, uh I hear somebody's testimony and it encourages me. But it's because God's done something in their life and it's produced life in them. And that life comes out of their testimony. And I'll give you something that I feel like the Lord gave me about that scripture uh, at the end here. But food for your spirit, man, comes from feeding on the word, meditating, reading, and doing. Prayer, now don't get me wrong here. I believe prayer, it can encourage your faith, but prayer is fellowship and communion. You're not, and the one thing about prayer is when you go to prayer, how you, you need to have something on your tongue. You need to be able to know what the, what the word says to present 
You know, we can come boldly to, it, to the throne of grace in our time of need. And then we make our petitions known to him. And then what do we do? We base it on the word of God. God, okay, I've got a healing. I've got something in my body. I need a healing. Will I go to him in prayer? Do I just go to him in prayer and say, heal me, Lord? Or do I go based on the word of God and say, your word says that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. And if I was healed, then I am healed. And so I stand on what the word of God says. I remind you of your word. You said to remind you of your word. You watch over it to perform it in my life. So I'm just reminding you what you said, and I'm giving you what you've given to me. The word and his will are one. It's his will for us to walk in his abundance. So we have to have the word in us when we go into prayer to commune with him to say something, right? We got to have something to give to him. He knows the word. He doesn't need to be reminded of it. It says to remind him because he wants us to know the word. He wants to know what you know. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Well, he's already spoken his word. It's already been spoken. So when I go into his presence and I say, Lord, this is what you said, there's the second witness. I'm reminding him of what he said. So the word has been established. I'll go to what I, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me earlier. I said, Lord, why is it, please explain this to me, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony? I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget anything. Why? He said, because the blood makes a way to the answer, the redemptive power, the deliverance, the healing, the revelation, the edification. It makes the way to the answer. But our words, when we give our testimony, it confirms it to be true. See, sometimes we'll give a testimony about something and we're so excited. And then what happens is your will is involved. See, God will never come against your will. Even when you become a Christian, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord. It's a requirement for you to be saved. I know some people don't do it that way, but that's what the word says to do, right? We believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth. So there's something that's taking place with my will when I'm saying, Jesus, come into my heart, be Lord of all. I surrender my life. I, I turn from my ways, be Lord, be my Savior. Right there, I have surrendered my heart and my will because he will never step over your will. It's the same way with our children. When we raise our children, we raise them in the way they should go, right? So when they're old, they don't depart from it. But there's times when they decide they think they know more than you, right? You guys don't know this yet, but... And so... To, to, and I don't, well, don't want to divert anybody's plans for their kids, but sometimes kids have a will to do their own thing, and it's not what you had planned for them to do. Now, we, we plead the blood over them, and we believe that their path is going to be a, an ordered path, and they're going to follow after the plan of God. They're going to do what God's called them to do, but their will is involved. You can't come against their will, Right? We pray over their will that they're bound to the will of God and they'll do what God's called them to do, right? So what I'm saying here, though, is he, he showed me our will is involved. He won't override our will. Even in our confession that he is Lord, we're confessing it out of our mouth. Why? Because we are surrendering our will to his will. His will is for us to be healed. His will is for us to be well. His will is for us to be overcomers, more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in us. Amen? So that's why... 
when we overcome, it's by the blood. It's through the blood. That's the gateway. That's the way. But then when we say something about how good God's been, our testimony of his, of his delivering power in our lives, then we've declared something through our will that he has intervened and he's done something in my life. That's why we're so big on your confession of faith. That's why we're always saying, be careful that you've got your mouth hooked up with what the word of God says, that you're speaking those things that be not as though they were. That's what the word says. What do you need to see in your life? Speak those things that be not as if they already were. Frame it with the words of your mouth. Amen? Okay, so, all right, let me get back to where I was. So Jesus, he makes intercession for us all the time. Aren't you thankful for that? We have divine help. I was reminded of that the other day. I, was, I think I was chatting with uh, Emma, and I, it just, I had this epiphany. Like, you know what? Jesus is interceding for me right now. I'm so thankful. And guess what? He knows what to say. <laughs> He's not trying to figure it out, right? So babies like to be carried around. You all know that, right? Um, spiritual babies like to be carried around. They want to be taken care of all the time. Um, and it's important that we understand that, it's a, that we're growing in our spiritual development, our faith, because the enemy likes to take out babies. He likes to attack because what you don't know is he's setting traps and he's ready to jump in. And we need to be aware of the enemy's devices, the word says. So it's important that we're thinking about things and we're mindful of what the word says so when something comes our way, we're like, where did this come from? The Word says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world. We all know that. What does that mean? It means I, people are not my enemy. There's another enemy on the other side. And that enemy is um, weak. He thinks he's bigger than me, but we have authority over him, right? I, I don't know if you all saw this. There was a... Um, a video of a lady who was sitting at lunch with her son and um, a bear, a small bear, a baby bear came up. And the video is basically just of this woman holding her son's face like to her chest so he couldn't see. And they're sitting there in great trepidation while this little bear comes over. Little bear, I'm telling you, it was a little bear and eats all their lunch. And it took a long time for this bear to eat all the lunch. And somebody was standing there videoing it. I was thinking, who's videoing this? And why aren't they shooing the bear away? And I know that he said that his brother went up in the mountains one day. And what did he do, just bark at it or something? It just kind of came up out of him. But it was a bear. It was a real bear, <laughs> not a baby bear. But it made me think of, I thought, man, if she would have just barked or just said something, she didn't recognize this was not the real enemy. The real enemy was on the inside. It was fear. And so if we'll become more spiritually inept, if we'll become more mature, we'll recognize when somebody comes up, says something, or acts like they're a big old bear in our life, we're going to say, eh, you might have a loud bark. But I recognize who you are. I recognize the enemy is using you to try to get at me. You know, I know buddies had to deal with this a lot, just different things, you know, uh, in life. And probably all of us have. And it can be tempting to want to be afraid, be uh, angry, get offended at people. 
and start to be defensive because, you know, we're hearing all these things that are lies from the enemy. So we get put up our defense and we're thinking, man, and then we start to justify what happens with offense and criticism is we say, oh, I just, I just this, I just, we justify our actions based on criticism and offense. And that's not where spiritual developed people, how they respond, how they act, right? Um, so developing or growing up spiritually isn't a suggestion, it's a command. Are y'all good? What time is that? Oh, man, I'm not even halfway through. <laughs> a lot of people are trying to live on milk, and they need to have more substance to thrive on. When my babies were, uh, they were big babies, nine-pound babies, and uh, about probably three months, and I know they do it different nowadays, but about three months, we started adding a little bit of cereal, that, that powder cereal, into their milk to give them some substance because that substance allowed me to sleep. That substance filled their bellies with something more than just thin milk because that thin milk only lasts so long. And the moment I started putting that cereal into their milk, guess what? We slept eight hours. So let me say it like this. When you get some substance in your life, when you're feeding on the, the meat of the word, it's going to enable you to get through the night. When there's a night in your life and you're going through some hard times, you're going to need some substance to chew on. The milk of the word is not going to be enough. It's a good start. If you're watching online, it's a good start. But you got to get in the word of God and feed your faith. You know, our, our um, father of faith, our first one, Lester Summerall, he used to say, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. And really, that's key to our whole Christian life. Amen? It's key. So, praise God. So if you're walking in love, if you're walking in peace, if you're walking in joy, you're spiritually mature. As simple as this. If you're not, then there's some area of growth that's needed, right? The more developed we are, the more God can use us. God renewed our spirits when we became born again, but we are responsible. We are responsible. Say, I am responsible to do something with our minds and our bodies. So when we take on God's thinking, we take on his ways, we agree with what God says and what he says in his word, that's when we start to see some development, some spiritual maturity in our lives. Amen. How do we know that our mind is renewed? Does anybody know how you know? When we're doing the word and we're not just knowing it. I know a lot of folks know the word but they're not acting on it. They're not doing the word. And it's important that you're acting on the word. Amen? Because that's where the real, you know, I can, I can have a lot of wisdom and understanding about working out because of my, my sons and my husband. I can know all kinds of things. But until I'm developing some things, until I'm actually doing it, I'm not going to reap the benefits of it, right? And something else I wanted to encourage you with is, you know, you can... With, with diet, you can take things out and think that you're on a better path just because you're taking things out, elimination. But until you put the things that you need in, like protein, <laughs> until you're adding protein, you're not going to get the reap the benefits. You're not going to build muscle. You're not going to have a metabolism. It's all going to go, 
if you're not putting in what you need to put in. Well, same goes with spiritual things. You can take out all the stuff. You can take out all the bad movies, all the bad music. You can not hang out with the bad friends, and you're good to go. But no, you've got to put something in. You've got to put the Word of God in. And the Word of God is what's going to help build your faith. Amen? Okay. All right, I'm going to try to hurry through this. Are you guys good? If the mind is renewed with the word of God, the mind will side in with the spirit. If the mind is not renewed, it will side in with the body and dominate. How many have experienced this? We all have, probably. Keeping the spirit in captivity. So you've got to make sure that you're renewing your mind and allowing your 